Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following presentation is brought to you by Sports Ethos. What up, Grizz Nation? You're tuned in to the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. This is Isaac Simpson with you. And... Tough news for the Grizzlies yesterday. Uh, not the news I expected to, to hear yesterday morning, but it was announced that Grizzlies starting center Stephen Adams uh, would miss the entirety of the 23-24 season. Uh, he's going to have surgery on his damaged PCL. Um, and, and no way to sugarcoat it, man. It's a blow. Um, it's definitely a blow. But make sure you go over to Eat Those Grizzlies and check out our podcast from last night as Candace David and I discussed our thoughts and where the Grizzlies go from here? But the train doesn't stop. Uh, the season opener is still on Wednesday night, and the Grizzlies will take on the New Orleans Pelicans inside FedEx Forum. And I have a very special guest joining me here today. He is the radio voice of those New Orleans Pelicans. He is Todd Graffiniti. Todd, how you doing today, sir? I'm great, Isaac. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. I always enjoy your insight. Uh, let's, let's get right into it, man. I think any conversation about the Pelicans begins and ends with the status of of Zion Williamson. Um, he got a full workload. Um, his full workloads go into preseason. What is kind of the thinking of, of where he is and in his status as we embark on a regular season? Is there any restrictions or is he just full green light at this point? No, no he's he's been full green light since we started training camp a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he played in every preseason game. Uh, you know, he was actually so effective in the final preseason game game in Orlando they they took him out a couple of minutes early he, he played a just shy of 17 minutes and had 16 points five steals uh, a few rebounds a couple of assists I mean he he did it all so uh, you know it's been so far so good for him he came in in good shape he, like, like I said he participated in every practice he has not missed any time whatsoever uh, but that is going to be the narrative and as you mentioned, it, it's about Zion's health. How many games is he going to be available? And, you know, it, it, it's not just him, though. It, it's really the team as a whole. You know, it, the injury bug has bit us so, so badly uh, in the last couple of years. And, you know, it's just interesting listening to, uh, you know, the news about Steven Adams, which is so unfortunate yeah. for the for the Grizzlies. Um, like, he was a member of the Pelicans a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, three years ago, actually. So we all know how good Steven Adams is around here. And of course, as a member of the Grizzlies, he has had some outstanding games against the Pelicans. So uh, that that's going to be a big loss. But again, that's that's just the NBA. I mean, unfortunately, injuries are a part of it. And who can maneuver the minefields of those injuries throughout the season, you know, it, are usually the team's that end up on top last year. I mean, you think about it, uh, you know, Sacramento and Denver, those guys, you know, Sacramento uh, had, had a year that yeah. you, know, you would dream of. I mean, yeah. they had, their starters <laughs> played 900 or so minutes. You know, the Pelican starters together played about 200. So it, it, it's just, you know, you got to have a little luck also, but um 
it's, you know, that's the narrative, just going back to what we started with. That's the narrative with the Pelicans. And look, really didn't make a whole lot of offseason roster moves. We're we're basically banking on good health because we've seen in the past when everybody's on the court together, this is a pretty darn good team. And when some very important pieces are missing, like Zion Williamson or a Brandon Ingram, it's been a struggle. So uh, can the big three give you more than 60 games, and that's Zion, Brandon, and C.J. McCollum. If those three guys can stay on the court consistently, uh, you know, expectations are very high around here, uh, but that's the key. Are they going to be on the court? Yeah, just just like the Pels, we definitely have had our share of injuries here in, in the Bluff City. Yeah. Injury suspensions. We have Brendan Clark, who also uh, torn ACL. He's probably not going to play at all this year. He's a big part of this team in that front court, and then you lose – Steven Adams now, man, they just really find themselves kind of in a bind. Um, I think they have to go out and, and make a move. You're not going to be able to replace Steven Adams. I mean, what he brings to this team with the the screen setting, uh, the offensive rebounding, getting second-chance points. And I think one one underrated aspect of his game that people don't talk about a lot is the playmaking. I mean, he's a really good passer. Uh, I mean, he is responsible for a lot of the stuff that Jabba Rent does, opening up those lanes. Uh, I mean, it's just a big loss. I mean, there's no other way – around it but you speak of Zion man I, I really hope that he can can get it together man such a talent uh we all know the accolades that he came into the to the draft with um and you, to see that derailed by injuries you just hate to see it man so even being a, a competitor in the southwest division man I hope Zion can can find a way to to get back get right man because we all enjoy watching him play he's a super exciting player man and one of the, the bright young stars in this league man just hope Hope he can get it together. But again, we're talking with Todd Graffinini, voice of New Orleans Pelicans here on the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. Um, Brandon Ingram is a bit of an enigma, man. We know how deadly he can be on the offensive end on the floor, but there have always been kind of questions on, on the other end. And there's kind of this narrative that he's one of those guys that puts up big-time numbers. I, I mean, the numbers look great, but it's been said that maybe he's not – his numbers don't don't lead to to winning basketball. Kind of, kind of. What are your thoughts on on that narrative and your thoughts on Brendan Ingram as a player overall? Well, that's interesting because I, I mean, quite honestly, I've never really heard that before. Um, look, Brandon's been spectacular when he's been on the floor. Again, he has had some injury issues in the past, but in, with, with with no Zion down the stretch run last year, Brandon Ingram played without question the best basketball of his career. Um, he he was doing it on both ends of the floor. He was distributing the basketball. As a matter of fact, he had two triple doubles uh, in the back half of last season, which were his first two career triple doubles. Um, he was he was literally the offense at times, uh, and not only scoring, where he would be over the thirty point mark regularly, but he was rebounding and distributing, and that's what he is capable of. And again, the question with with Brandon is he's missed a lot of games in the last couple of years. And in the Pelicans, you know, just when you when you compare the Grizzlies and the Pels, you know, the the Grizzlies have been deep enough where they could withstand the loss of a John Morant for for a few games. The Pels, when healthy, are a deep team. But when the Pels got into trouble last year, was when Ingram went down early in the season. Matter of fact, he got hurt um, in Memphis uh, on Black Friday. Yeah. He, he kicked yeah. the back of Desmond Bain's heel. He, uh, he got turf toe, and he was out a couple of months, literally. 
And, you know, you throw on top of that, Zion got hurt on January 2nd, and you're without your top two scores uh, for the better part of the season. Now, when Ingram came back, to his credit, he did not miss another game the rest of the year. He, he, uh, he was very consistent in his ability to be on the court. But when Ingram's on the court, he is one difficult dude to defend, I can promise you. He's, uh, he's outstanding in the mid-range, which is really his game, but he's not afraid to, to, to drive to the hole, and he'll knock down the occasional three. What the criticism uh, of Ingram has been around these parts has been he doesn't take enough threes. Uh, he, he's more of a mid-range guy. This is a Pelicans team that has really talked about attempting more threes. Uh, making them is another thing. But you, the, the attempts have been in the bottom half of the league, really bottom five of the league in the last couple of years. So, you know, the Pels are regularly outshot at the three-point line. And it's just very difficult to overcome uh, in this day and age of the NBA where teams are – attempting 40, 45 threes a game and the Pelicans, it's, you know, it's, it's a big day if they're over 30. So I know that's really been a, a point of emphasis uh, in the off season, but uh, no, I, I mean, look, Brandon's been great. Uh, and he is definitely one of the leaders of this team. Uh, he's been here now. This is his fifth year uh, in new Orleans and he is definitely a, a face of the franchise. So, uh, but he's got to stay on the court. He's got to stay on the court just like everybody else. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his game. I mean, if you watch him from early in his career, he's definitely made strides on the defensive end. Um, I, I think particularly last year, you could really tell that he's put in work. He's improved on that end of the floor. There's no question about it. And you talk about his offensive game to get to the mid-range. When, when he gets going, man, he's one of the hardest players yeah. in, the, in the league to defend. I mean, he can get to his spots. His shot is, is so hard to defend because he's so long um, and gets a high right. release on that shot. It's and, and, and he can even get going from three. He, he's streaky, uh, but I agree with you, man. If I were him, I would take more more three-point shots because he could definitely knock that shot down. Um, and, and like you said, man, with him, it's it's been about health. Uh, but, but when he's available, man, he's been a, a re really, really good basketball player for you guys. Uh, when you look at the, the front court pairing, a, a former Grizzly, Jonas Valanciunas, and and Zion Williamson, um, the way that they play, and it's kind of kind of the same reason why I think the Grizzlies kind of moved on from Jonas. Jonas is I, I'm fantastic, but he's a player that you have to run plays for. He needs shots. And when you put him in that front court with, with Zion Williamson, it's kind of this thought that at times that they may kind of bump heads on the floor. What, what, how can Willie Green navigate that? And do you think there'll be any issue at all? Uh, you know, the, this is an offense that they're kind of learning right now. They brought in James Borrego as the, as the associate head coach, who actually was a former assistant uh, here about 10 years ago. And Borrego was the head coach of the Hornets uh, in Charlotte for a few years. They brought him in to just kind of tweak what they have been doing offensively. And I think to me, that's going to be the, the one thing that is going to be Really interesting to watch is the dynamic between Jonas and Zion. You know, they say, hey, it's not going to be any problem. But look, Jonas, and again, we love Jonas here in New Orleans as well. Um, Jonas is a very sneaky passer. Um, and But you got to get him out of the lane because that's yeah. where Zion does a lot of the work. And so Jonas spends a lot, a lot of time on the top of the key. 
Uh, he's not afraid to take a three, which you have to do in this offense to get the spacing going. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I know a lot in the past they've, uh, they've taken Jonas out. They put Larry Nance in to, to play really a small ball five. We've seen, we've seen Herb Jones play the five at times, if you can believe that. I know there's a lot in the plans this year about uh, putting Zion at the five as well. So they're going to mix and match this thing until they find out the combinations that are correct. But, you know, uh, unless something drastically changes, uh, the starting five you're going to see is McCollum, Jones, Ingram, Williamson and Valanchunas. I mean, that's that's the five. That was the starting five. So at least early in the season, that's how things are going to begin. But I'm sure they're going to be tweaking things throughout as the year goes on and they continue to really get this offense from Borrego down pat. Yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic to watch. Um, with, with Jonas, a lot of Grizzly fans didn't understand the deal uh, when they made it to, to, to kind of swap out Jonas Valanciunas for Steven Adams. And I understood it from the, from the get-go. Like Jonas, I loved him. Love his game, loves what he does. Yep. It's just it, Steven Adams fit more of what they needed. They didn't really need a guy in the front court no doubt. that was going to score. They needed screen setting, more of a, a guy that's just going to going to score off of, off of offensive rebounds, not a guy that's got to run run plays for and just kind of move out of that lane a little bit to let guys like John Morant operate. Um, and, and he just was a wonderful fit, man. Again, that just it sucks that he, he he's well, down for this season. But but Yona, Yona, like, yeah, Yona's you know, a no, tremendous, like, I, tremendous guy in that locker room as well. No doubt. No, I, I was going to say, you know, I think that was one of those deals that helped both teams. Um, because exactly. look, two years ago and that, and that playoff run that the Pelicans had, I mean, Jonas was huge. He was absolutely huge. You could count on him for a double, double pretty much every night. You know, he had 50 double doubles his first year here. He had 43 a year ago and his time was really cut a lot, uh, a season ago when you're talking about his minutes, but he was still productive. And, it, it, and, and you talk about a guy in the locker room. I mean, he is beloved in that locker room. You know, you look at him, you think <laughs> if you look at him and you don't know him, you're like, oh, my goodness gracious, I wouldn't <laughs> want to approach that guy. And then yeah. you go talk to him. He's a bit he's a big teddy bear. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, um, no, he, he's been a really big part of things around here the last couple of years. And I know he's going to be counted on this year as well. Man, Trey, Trey Murphy III was one of my favorite prospects coming into that 2021 yeah. draft. Um, he suffered a knee injury, unfortunately, during an offseason workout yeah. uh, that ended up requiring surgery, man. He's, he's slated to miss some time here early in the season, man. How has his rehab and just talking about his game, how good do you think he can be? Uh, I mean, I, I think he just kind of burst on the scene. Uh, I, I knew he was going to be a really good player, but I think he's even – so far, even outshot my expectations for him, man. I would, I'm kind of jealous, man. I would love to have him here in, in a Grizzlies uniform. Yeah, him being out the first couple of weeks is really, really going to be tough because he is the legitimate three point shooter on this team. Uh, just unfortunate, I guess, if you could give it a silver line in the fact that he's he got hurt in the off season and not in the middle of the season where. He's going to, you know, would miss a chunk of the of the regular season. The rehab is looking very, very good. As a matter of fact, uh, just left practice and and Trey was out there shooting a little bit. If you didn't know any better, you didn't know anything was wrong with him. But of course, they're they're keeping it very, very cautious with him. Um, but as far as his ability, look, my favorite stat in basketball, I'm not a huge stat guy, 
but I love 50, 40, 90. I, I mean, that is just, that's, that's my deal. 50% shooting 40% from three and 90% at the free throw line. It's only been done a handful of times in the NBA. Trey Murphy is a legitimate 50, 40, 90 candidate. As a matter of fact, I mean, you go back to geez, about last March, uh, late February, he was there, man. I mean, he was 49 and a half, 43 and 94, uh, well, well into the season. Um, as a matter of fact, he did it at Virginia, uh, his final year in college, he was 50, 40, 90. So he's capable of doing those things. He's added, you know, driving to the basket as part of his arsenal. He knew he had to kind of expand on his game because, you know, his rookie year and, and really most of, of last year, he was, he was sitting in the corner or on the wing and just popping threes, but he's not that anymore. I mean, he, he will, he, he is not afraid to drive. Obviously he's an outstanding free throw shooter. He was one, two or three from most of last year in the league uh, at the free throw line. So um, he's just, he's just a flat out marksman. Uh, and it's just unfortunate that he's not going to be a part of part of the early season, because as I mentioned, you know, one of the things that the Pelicans need to do a whole lot better is shoot the three, not only shoot the three, but make the three. And Trey Murphy is very capable of doing both. Yeah, man, this is such a, a high IQ basketball player coming out of that Virginia system. And I think one thing a lot of people kind of knock on him and they were saying that he wasn't super explosive coming out. And he's really shown that that's not true at all. I mean, he's had some some monster explosions at the basket, man. He can get off the floor and put it down. And you talk about expanding oh, his game and he's, and get to the basket. Go ahead. And, he, and he's every bit of 6'10". I mean, he's 6'9", yeah. 6'10". <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he, he, you know, he's a he's a like a five height out there shooting threes and, and he'll dunk on you too. I mean, he, he, was, he wants to be in the dunk contest uh, during all-star weekend. They didn't let him do it last year, but uh, I think next year, Next year, with all the uh, the politicking, he might he might be able to get in there because he's not afraid to do that either. No, not at all, man. I, I I love his game. Like I said, I was a big fan of his coming into that draft, and even a bigger fan now, man. He, you guys got a got a good one down there in New Orleans. Um, to, when you evaluate head coach uh, Willie Green, he's going into his his third year at the helm. He's seventy eight and eighty six overall. Um, the first season uh, they lost in the first round to to Phoenix. Um, they lost in the play in last year. And as you said, man, he's had to, to navigate all kind of injury issues, all kind of stuff going on there. But w what are kind of the, the thinking or the evaluation of him so far through two years down in the Crescent City? No, I mean, look, he's he's done a good job. And it's just been really, really tough because he's never coached his team. Uh, I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, he's never really had a chance to coach the team that, that was put, you know, a roster constructed for him to coach. So in that aspect, he's done a really, really good job keeping things together. Uh, I, I just like to see him coach, coach the guys he's supposed to coach for 60 plus games in a season. Cause it's never even come close to that. Uh, Isaac, I mean, look, he was a rookie head coach. We get to the, we get to the playoffs. Like you said, uh, you know, the thing that everybody forgets two years ago was the Pelicans were 10 games under 500 and got into the play in and wound up winning two games in the play in to get to the playoffs, to take on Phoenix. And I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that if Zion Williamson would have played in that series against the Suns, the Pelicans would have won that series. Um, uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Last year, 
Again, when Zion went down on January 2nd, um, the Pelicans were second in the Western Conference. Yeah. Zion, was, Zion was playing like an MVP. Uh, he was unstoppable. And then, uh, you know, in that game that he got hurt in Philadelphia, uh, the Pels were making a comeback. Zion was literally taking the game over. And all of a sudden he pulls up and that was it. We never saw him again. Um, and of course, Brandon Ingram missed 30 games also. So it's just, you know, it's been hard on coach green, but he's never given an excuse. It's always been a next man up mentality. The thing that I like about coach green, he's not afraid to, to delegate authority. You know, he's the head coach, but uh, his assistants have a lot of input and he's not afraid to ask for input uh, from the players as well. Uh, you know, he's a former player himself who, who's been a starter. He's come off the bench. So he identifies with every single guy on that roster and his doors always open. The communication lines are always there. And, uh, you know, he's and he's admitted it. You know, he's still learning as a head coach. I mean, he's, this is only his third year, but he's got a very I mean, his lineage is great. You know, being under Steve Kerr and and Monty Williams. So he's learned from top coaches in the league. And he's just pr- trying to put his own personal stamp on things. I just want to see him coach his guys uh, that <laughs> yeah. he hasn't had the opportunity to. I mean, that's it's 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 uh, unfortunately that's that's really been the the little storyline with head coach Willie Green is that you know the roster that's been constructed for him for the most part it just has not been intact uh, for him to really really settle in and and watch these guys consistently. Yeah, watching from afar, man. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I think he's one of the great young up-and-coming coaches in the league. Like you said, he's only going into his third year, and he's had to deal with tremendous adversity. There's no question about that. But just watching him on the sideline, watching him doing timeouts, I like the, the intensity. I, I like the way he handles himself in, in interviews and, and the things he says. I, I think he's going to be a, a really good head coach, man. <laughs> As you said, man, just got to have some injury luck at some point. Uh, you think at some time the – the law of averages is going to even out. Oh, excuse me. Um, and, give me a Sacramento year, man. Give me a sac- yeah. <laughs> Give me a Sacramento year from last year, and and I'll see what the Pels can do. I'd yeah, love man. that. I yeah, would that love was a, that. A, amazing, <laughs> man. I mean, the, the injury luck that they had last year, man. You just don't you don't really see that from the the whole season. No. They really didn't deal with any any significant injuries at all, man. And they really paid it off. Uh, been having a tremendous season. Uh, hashtag like the beam. Um, as they say, but we're talking with, with, with Todd Graffiniti, a uh, voice of the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. Um, another player that you mentioned earlier on, on the Pelicans roster that I really love is Herb Jones. I, I call him the quintessential role player, man. He can really fill up yep. a stat sheet, had a huge game, went off from three. Uh, that's not something that you usually see from him. He had a big game from three against the Grizzlies. I can't remember how many he hit, but felt like he hit 100. Uh, they just couldn't get, get a hold of him in that game, man. Talk about Herb Jones, man, and his intensity and the way he plays the basketball game. And I just love to watch him play. Well, Herb has started from day one and this was coming in and look, this is the 35th pick in the draft. He was a second round pick out of Alabama. And when they went to Nashville uh, during right before training camp hit, because actually, because that was the year that hurricane Ida hit and everybody had to get out of town. Well, they were in Nashville for a couple of weeks uh, the team was, and it was right then and there that the coaching staff was like, this Herb Jones guy, he's going to play and he's going to play immediately. And he has. Um, and Herb's been one of those guys that he had a, you know, a little bit of an injury bug last year, but his, his, his rookie campaign, he 
pretty much played in every game. Uh, he was invaluable defensively and his offense, you know, just kind of kept creeping along, creeping along. Last year, he took a really big jump on the offensive side because, again, he's always been a great defender. Um, he is, you know, routinely top three in the league in deflections. He had 99 steals a year ago. So he is always going to be there on the defensive end. He has made market improvement shooting the basketball. Uh, you know, Fred Vinson, who's now in his 14th year in the Pelicans organization, we call him the shot doctor. Uh, everybody goes to see Fred Vinson to get their shot big. Herb Jones gets up more shots than any human being I think I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, it's him and Brandon Ingram. They're just they're out there shooting before practice, during practice, after practice. Uh, and it's and it's Herb working on a stroke. And I think you're really going to see a jump in that this year. He's had an outstanding camp shooting the ball. As a matter of fact, he led the team in the preseason in three-point percentage. So I think what you saw last year in that game against the Grizzlies, that's going to continue. Um, Herb is definitely going to have his best year offensively, in my opinion. Um, you know, his third year, they, they, they extended him uh, over the summer. So he's going to be a Pelican for a long time. And, you know, you talk about someone that people love in this city. My goodness, uh, he is the most humble kid. Uh, but he is a fierce, fierce competitor. And, you know, he, he, he did it the hard way when he, when, you know, went to Alabama, he, he worked for everything uh, that he earned. He, he cried like a baby when he got drafted. Uh, he was just so happy to, to be a part of the NBA. And now he is, he is a vital part of this organization. And um, yeah, they, they are big, big fans of his in the city of New Orleans. And uh, to, to switch gears a little bit, what, what are your thoughts on, the new in-season tournament. I, I'm not quite sold on it, but I also admit that I wasn't a big fan of the play-in tournament initially, but now I, I think it's really good for the league. It adds some excitement, especially this last year. I think it was really exciting. I think it's become better and better every season. Uh, but but kind of what are your initial thoughts on it? I, my, I think the interesting thing is going to be do teams take it seriously? Which teams take it seriously? I think that's what I'm going to be watching going into it. No, I you know, I... I I don't have any opinion any uh, anywhere. I know the league is really, really pushing this thing, and that's fine. If they, if they want to change things up, that's okay with me. I think what what you have to really think about is when you get into these in season games uh, in these brackets that those are those count for regular season wins and losses. So you know the grand scheme of things, it, it counts in the final outcome of what the season is going to be. Um, so in that sense, I think you need to take it seriously uh, because, look, uh, it's funny. You play an 82-game schedule, Isaac, and you never know what game is going to keep you out of the play-in or get you a six seed. I mean, I can think right now off the top of my head, three games last year that the Pelicans did not win and cost them at worst – a seven seed. And instead of that nine, 10 game that we hosted at home against Oklahoma city, you know, maybe you're a seven seed, maybe you're a six seed and you're out of the play in altogether. Um, so look, the in season tournament is one thing. Um, but those are games that count, you know, those, those are games within your conference that are going to be important. Uh, the Pels are matched up with Denver, Houston, Dallas and the Clippers. 
Uh, that's that's the bracket. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Look, if it gets me a weekend in Las Vegas in the beginning <laughs> of uh, December, yeah, it's so a great pay off. I don't know if my wife, I don't know if my wife would would uh, actually like that a whole lot, but you know what? That's I just like I just said, like I tell her all the time, hey, that's it's business. That's work. Yeah. Yeah, man, you can't, can't, can't say anything other than that, man. You got nope. to be there. It's my job. So, <laughs> but, uh, man, man, before we get before we get you out of here, man, we don't want to take up too much of your, your time, man. On the other side of that coin, is, is there anything that you'd like to ask me from the, from the Grizzlies' perspective? I'm just curious as to now with, you know, Steven Adams out, who's going to step in there at the five? Is it, I mean, is Jaron Jackson going to move to the five? Because I know that Jackson really, really played off of Steven Adams and allowed him to be, uh, you know, the, the defensive player that he is. And with Adams not on the floor anymore, how is that going to how is that going to kind of adjust the what the Grizzlies do defensively? And what are they going to do without John Moran for the first 25 games? Yeah, on, on the Steven Adams, Jaron thing, it definitely I'm not a fan of. Of Jaron at the five, I think we kind of saw him with Team USA and Steve Kerr, kind of put him in that position, yeah. and it, it didn't work out so well. He's not he's gotten a lot of foul trouble, a, a lot of foul yeah, trouble. Gets in foul trouble. He's not really a rebounder, um, and that's something that this team is really going to need, especially without John Moran. I think it becomes even more paramount uh, that they have that offensive rebounds and the second chance points, and that's just not something that Jaron has shown to 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 give you. Uh, but I think initially they're going to start off with. Xavier Tillman uh, starting at the five yep. with Jared still at the four, but I, I think that's okay in spurts. Uh, but we saw in the playoffs last year how big of an issue that was going up against a big team like the Lakers. I think that really caused some problems. If you had had Steven Adams in there, I think we might have been talking about something a little bit different. Uh, but they really struggled inside. You don't have, and, and like you said, Steve playing off of Steven Adams, it allows Jared to kind of be the roamer on defense, um, block shots, and without him, that kind of changes changes things. So. I really think they need to go out and get somebody. I, I don't think you can afford to wait. There are some some fans and some media here in the city that thinks, well, maybe you can just kind of fiddle around and see what you have. I, I don't think that's the case, especially in this Western Conference being as loaded as it is. You don't want to get behind the eight ball. I mean, you're already without John Morant for, for 25 games, man. you got to find a way to kind of tread water, and they've done that over, over the last few years when guys have been out. But having John Morant out is one thing, but having been without John Morant and Steven Adams – is a completely different different thing because because people outside of Memphis might not understand how important Stephen Adams is to what this team does. I mean, they're a completely different team when when you don't have Stephen Adams out there. And again, I think we saw that in the playoffs last year. So um, hopefully, the, the front office is this front office is kind of shown at times to be kind of conservative. They'll lay back and kind of kind of evaluate things and let things play out. I don't think this is one of those cases where they need to do that though. I think they need to go get somebody else. As far as job, man, we just, just hoping he can turn things around. Uh, I mean, most of this is yeah. self-inflicted and you just hate to see a, a guy, Nike signature athlete already, um, a guy that the NBA was pushing to be a face of the league, just kind of throw it all away from making, making dumb decisions. Uh, we just hope he can get right mentally um, and get to the place where he needs to be and just go out there and be that killer on the basketball floor that we know his talents will allow him to be. And that's, that's just kind of where we are on John Morant. So just hoping, hoping he can get it right, man, because you just hate to see a, a, a young guy like that kind of throw it all away. But, man, I want to thank uh, Todd for, for joining us, taking a little time to, to, to record with us here today on the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. He's, he's going to be on the call Wednesday night. 
on the Pelicans Radio Network. Man, safe travels into Memphis, man, and we'll definitely catch up with you down the line. Appreciate it, Isaac, and uh, let's have a great NBA season. Yeah, man, uh, one one day away, man. Uh, can't can't wait, man. Action gets kicked yep. off tomorrow night, man. Doubleheader, so I'm I'm excited. Um, uh, hope springs eternal, man. On on the opening <laughs> of the season, man. So everybody's O and O. Yeah, O and O, man. Definitely, man. Thanks and you again. You know what's Todd. interesting too? Okay. That's what I, I was going to say real quickly. This is going to be a year that we haven't seen. I mean, this is going to be my fifth year in the league, and this is going to be a year unlike we've seen in, in recent past because. No one's tanking anymore. Um, I mean, you think all the teams that were tanking and, and you know, fight for win. No, like San Antonio's not going to tank. OKC's not tanking. You know, even in the Eastern Conference, Chicago and Detroit, all these teams can, can, can win games. So, and now with the new rules where you have to play at least 60, 65 games to, yeah. to, to get awards, uh, you're not going to see the load management. Uh, I don't think that you've seen in the past. So, I mean, this is a year where I think, I mean, competitively, the NBA might be at its peak when you're talking about the depth in both conferences. Yeah, I definitely agree there. And speaking of that that San Antonio situation, man, talk about the the second win. I know Greg Popovich probably has, man. He might coach five or six more years now, man, with Wimbledon down there looking like he's looking, man. Man, he's going to be a terror for the league, man, if he stays healthy. (laughs) Man, I, I don't even know. I don't even have words for for what that's going to look like down there in San Antonio. But I think they'll I think they'll be a really good team in in a couple of years, man. You you got to get some pieces. They got money down there, man. That's that's a good situation, man. But I, I'm glad to see it for Pop, man. He hung around and 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 continued to coach the young kids. Talked about how much he loved teaching the game, man. And it's kind of good to see him get paid off, man. So um, that's going to be fun to watch, man, with with Victor Wembanyama down there in San Antonio. But again, man, thanks again, man, for taking a little time and. Definitely, man. Being in the Southwest Division, we got many more uh, battles coming up this season, so I'm definitely going to catch up with you down the line. You got it. Thanks so much. Yeah, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Ethos Grizzlies podcast. Uh, Make sure you go over to Ethos Grizzlies and check out our podcast from last night again where we kind of gave our thoughts on the Stephen Adams situation and and where the Grizzlies go from there. Uh, But keep it locked at Ethos Grizzlies all year. Uh, We got a lot of content on the Wayway, so make sure you check that out. Um, it's going to be a fun year, a uh, fun season. It all gets kicked off on Wednesday night as the Grizzlies take on the Pelicans. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac double underscore NBA. Uh, make sure you go to eat those, eat those Grizzlies. Give us a like and a follow. We'll have a post game tomorrow night uh, after the Grizzlies Pelicans. So make sure you check that out. And thanks everybody for tuning in. And until next time, we're going.